Hi there, listeners of the podcast. Today you have made a great decision because I'm going to be interviewing a native speaker. He is from the United States of America and he works as a pastor. Now, this interview is quite long and that's why I made a decision to divide it into two parts. In this part, in the first one, you are going to hear me talking to this pastor, uh, whose name is, by the way, Bill, about religion, about his experience of visiting my country, and also about some American stereotypes. Um, in the second part, which will be published about a week after I release this episode, there you will have a chance to listen to us discussing the questions from the listeners. When I say discussing, um, it's a little bit in quotation marks. And it's because, obviously, I'm not an expert by any means on this subject. Uh, that's why I think at times I struggle. I struggle with some um, contribution in terms of opinions. Nevertheless, I think you will forgive me because you have forgiven me before when this happened, haven't you? But let me give you a little warning. Um, after listening to this, I realized that I had said too much of mm mm and hmm, mm mm and it doesn't sound nice, you know? It sounds a bit distractive, and I'm just not happy with this, and I will have to... Uh, I'll need to focus on eradicating this bad habit from my speech, because I don't like it. I don't know why this happened. It might have been due to the fact that I was a bit awestruck, um, because Bill is a great speaker as a pastor, he needs to be able to to appeal to the public by his uh, ability to speak well. Otherwise, he would not have been followed, of course. And if one has a job like this, uh, I think um, it's a must to be a great public speaker and to uh, be versed in uh, the art of rhetoric. So... In a nutshell, if you can't stand uh, the exposure to and this kind of stuff, I think you had better uh, turn this off or, or just press the pause button and come back to it when you are drunk or something, because um, you might not survive this, right? Obviously... If you are allergic or if you suffer from some kind of disease of not being able to uh, put up with a lot of then really this is not for you okay now the next episode will be part two of this where we will deal with the questions that the listeners posted in my Facebook group and also uh, in the Skype group of Luke's English Podcast. And at the end, let me ask you a question. Would you be interested in a vocabulary analysis uh, as the third part of this series with Bill? Would it be interesting for you? 
because Bill is an articulate person and he uses a variety of the language, sometimes idioms and uh, interesting phrases or expressions. So I thought it might be a good idea for me to um, look at this in greater detail. Now, let me know if you want this to follow. All right? I think that's all for this introduction and now just sit back and enjoy listening to this interview. Hello everyone, you're listening to Zdeněk's English Podcast. I'm back with another episode. This time I'm in Pivoteka, which is a pub uh, where some episodes has, have already been recorded. And this time I've got a special interviewee here with me. Hello, his name is Bill. Hello, Bill. Hello, Zdeněk. Good to be here. Great. And Bill is from the United States of America. So, Bill, what are you doing in my town? Well, um, so uh, I live in Sacramento, California, and um, have a good friend uh, who was born in Czech, um, who worked in Sacramento with me for about uh, five years. We worked together with high school students, and then he um, moved back to Czech and here in Portobrady and uh, has been here and I've been watching uh, stories of uh, and seeing Portobrady in, uh, um, uh, on Facebook for uh, many years and we've been saying we wanted to come visit. So it's not just coincidence that you're here. No, no. It's been, it's been planned and that's right. That's it's right. happening finally. Huh? <clears throat> yes. Is it, is it your first time here? It is, absolutely. Is yeah. it your first time in Europe? No, uh, no. I, I have been to uh, Russia and uh, to really? Finland and um, Germany and uh, Italy and Greece in the past, but, um, but uh, never, never to the Czech. Never to the Czech Republic. Great, great. So, what, so what's your first impression of this place? How, uh, how long have you been here? Well, just been here for now three days. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, it is beautiful. I, I just think it's, it's gorgeous. I love the, uh, the trees and the colors. It's like our East Coast is right now. Is it? With a lot of change. Where I live, it's more evergreen. So... Mm -hmm. There uh, just is not a lot of change. So maybe we should uh, remind the listeners that uh, we are recording this in autumn, right? Yes, yes. The big, kind of at the beginning of autumn. Yeah. And so that, plus the history, of course, um, we have a very short history in, in my country. And, and uh, so some of the history, even uh, just in this town alone, has just uh, been great, been mm -hmm. fun to see. and goes and back really, really far, right? Amazing, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so how did we two get to meet? Yeah, well, um, so yeah, we just met yesterday at, at the high school where one of the high schools that you uh, teach at. Yes, teach. My listeners know it's a, a hotel school actually, and I'm teaching there just temporarily. I just Great. took a short term contract. Yes, and so with uh, the friend Tomas that I was speaking of and, and uh, some others that came with us, You and some other teachers invited us to come in and practice English with some of the students, and and that was really a great uh, and draining. Well, time. you were not practice your English. Yeah, you yeah. were not practicing your English, but <laughs> no. it was yes, <laughs> it was to help my students, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we weren't practicing English, <laughs> but um, we were certainly practicing uh, w what it means to speak with someone of a different culture and a different language, <laughs> and so uh, that was fun. It was a good time. Yeah, and what happened is that I asked you at the end of this. What shall we call it? Session. Yes. I asked you if we could record one episode of the podcast, and um, you reacted like this. And I'm really happy that you did. Great. And it's absolutely great to have you here. Well, it is good to be here, <laughs> for sure. So, um, 
I edit you on Facebook, Bill, mm -hmm. and uh, there I saw that uh, your profession is a pastor. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And um, that's uh, I've been doing that for um, since I was 23. I actually went to university um, to play football, <laughs> and uh, um, and then I wanted to coach football and teach history. So we are talking about American football. Um, ah, yes. Because sorry. my listeners That's might, might right. think it's not. Yes. You don't have to apologize. I'm <laughs> just I'm just clarifying that. You bet. For my listeners. You bet. So it's soccer. Correct. That's right. And my my daughter plays football. Your football. Oh my god. And so I've been going back and forth. <laughs> but yes. Um, but. Uh, when I was getting ready to graduate, um, everything, my plan was to teach history, to coach American football, and I started coaching at a local high school in Los Angeles and uh, began, um, be, you know, was, was working on master's work with my history degree, and then um, I, I've been in the church, uh, I'm a Christian, I happen to be a Christian, and I've always worked with high school students. But I felt like I, I wasn't raised in a, as a Christian, and, and there was a lot that I didn't know. So I mm -hmm. started taking studies in seminary, and um, through that time, really felt God called me to pastor. And mm -hmm. I started pastoring a church at the age of 23, so that was about 20 years ago. And, um, and it just became very clear that that was the path for me. That you and, want to take, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, I, w I wanted to ask you to explain the word because it might sound, maybe some of my listeners don't know what it means. Sure. And maybe most of my listeners know the word priest better. Mm. So pastor, is it, is it typically American word? Or? It, it is, and, and maybe um, we kind of divide church. There's some churches that tend to be more high church, mm. and some that tend to be more low church or what more do, do casual. Oh, casual, like casual yeah. and profound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like a high church would be one that has a lot of liturgy. So oh, maybe right. um, like a Catholic type church. Like uh, a lot of Episcopalian. Like reading, a lot of Bible. And uh, yeah, and, and, and even some of the ornateness and, and the robes and things like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas churches that tend to be... Uh, This is within Protestantism, mm -hmm. you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, there tends to be ones that tend to have less of that and more just that the Bible is kind of in everyone's hand um, that we call more pastors, where we believe. So could we say that it's kind of more modernistic or like li liberal? Or? Uh, no, not necessarily, because even in some conservative, very conservative settings, they tend to go with the term pastor as opposed mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. priest. Um, okay. But just more in an evangelical vein of Protestantism, you tend mm -hmm. to, certainly in the United States, so hear the word pastor. Now, now this is, this is a, we are on a dangerous ground, maybe. Yeah, no, no, it's a hard topic. But maybe some of the listeners don't know the difference between, so we are talking about Protestants and yeah. Catholics, right? right? Like, what's the difference? Well, it's, it's both Christians, right? Correct. Yeah, the, and the, the main difference being uh, for the Catholic Church, um, it is just one vein of Christianity um, that obviously, and I think we're more, you know, most are familiar with what the Catholic Church is, um, but... Uh, that tends to be a little more high church, and, and the Protestant reform was more about putting the Bible in everyone's hands. So when, when did this happen? It was was it 16th century, like Martin Luther? Martin Luther and, and Calvin, Calvin and those. And, and Absolutely. Uh, in, in the Czech lands we had Jan Hus. Yes, yes, Jan very Hus much was, so. was a very important figure here. Yeah. And then also what happened in, there is something that happened in England, right? Yes. Um, Tudors. Yes, yes, and and Henry Henry the Eighth. 
right with with, with his wives uh, yes yeah. and so he took and that's the king james bible and that's where and, and really that's where that started and that was probably not the healthiest <laughs> of of reasons but uh, but that is definitely what and then there's been many reformations since then where those who have felt like uh, wanted to live more biblical and it needs to look more like this and some splits some healthy some not and but ultimately what we have today is is um, when we talk about protestantism is that we all believe the same thing that the we happen to believe literally the bible when it says that we're saved by jesus christ that's kind of what would put everybody together um and catholics of course believe that as well that that's our only means of salvation and he's the only one that can forgive us and so that's what defines all of us but there are some differences for example Uh, you have a wife, right? Yes, yes. And you are a priest. So That's how right. come? Because yeah. I know, like here, if you are a Catholic priest, you can't have wife because yes. you need you need to follow the celibacy. Yes. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's definitely one of the things that defines Protestantism. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a big thing. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Very much so. And um, that uh, because again, it's kind of a going back to just the purely the biblical things, and um, you know, even some have talked about sola scriptura, was the you know just based on the Bible only, and if it says it in the Bible, then that's something we follow. If not, we don't. So some of those extra things, added on things. So um, just I just need to tell you now, maybe even to my listeners, that actually I'm an atheist. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, right? We can talk about these things anyway. Absolutely. But if I had to be a priest, yes. I would definitely go for your <laughs> for your uh, church yes. rather than Catholic church because right. I can I can have a wife yeah. and kids, right? Right. I'm allowed. Yes. Yeah. And, and we believe very much that, uh, and of course my family comes first. They're very, very important. I mean, God comes first in my family and then my church. And that's a, that's a important, I believe I'm called to be a dad and a husband hmm. and then to my church. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but yes, I, I, I think that's a good uh, good distinction. Right. Um, so, what's your denomi- denomination? Yes, yeah, so my, my denomination is Wesleyan, and and John Wesley, speaking of England, um, the Anglican Church, one of the branches in in England. Hmm. Uh, John Wesley was a um, called like a traveling itinerant preacher. He he traveled on a horse back and went all through the countryside and and preached and many farming communities and in those communities uh, many times because he'd keep traveling he would leave the bible and teach them how to have a, a bible study well then the church got very upset that he would dare put the bible in the common man's hands hmm. but he believed very strongly as did many reformers that that's what the bible's for um, and ultimately they said well you can't be a, a pastor in the anglican church if you do that and um And so he left the Anglican Church and started the Methodist movement. And the Methodist movement in the United States ultimately became uh, over slavery issue, hmm. split. And so those who were abolitionists and fought slavery became the Wesleyans, and hmm. that's what I happened to be a part of. And okay. so uh, our, our historical background is based on, on that issue, hmm. and, um, and then, um, but, but very much similar. So, Let me just remind my listeners, slavery was abolished in 1863. 1863 by Abraham yeah. Lincoln, yes, okay. yeah, absolutely, well done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, actually, the, the Wesleyan Church and the Methodist Church split in about 1846, so as all of the trouble that those who know the U.S. history was beginning um, over that issue, that's where the split happened. And after the Civil War, we almost re-merged, but... Hmm. 
too much. So you have you have got uh, some, we could say, rich history. Rich, yes, rich very, very, very. Historical yeah, but anyway, background. That's what, yep, that's what makes the Wesleyan, and so we are. I'm a part of the Wesleyan denomination today. Okay. Uh, but do you know actually that you have come to a country where a majority of the population are actually atheists yes. and they don't believe in any god at all, yes. and that we actually could consider ourselves to be one of the most atheist countries in the in the world, in the whole world. Do you know that? I, I think I do. And am I correct? Have I I've heard is it ninety percent atheist? Uh, I think it seems to be too high this number. Okay. Yeah, it will be it will be less. Okay. But, uh, but it's, pretty high. It's really yeah, I think it's too too high. Yeah. Because the like the Czech Republic is uh, Bohemia and Moravia. Yeah. Huh? We are now in Bohemia, yeah. and Prague is in Bohemia, the capital, but uh, the eastern part is called Moravia, and that's where uh, you can find more religious, okay. more religious people. Well, can I ask you? Yeah, sure. Um, and and I'm, not, I'm not offended by anything, really, I, yeah. so it doesn't, and I appreciate that we can, you know, talk, and I enjoy very this much. Is, this is, you know, this is open-minded podcast, of yeah, course. Yeah, uh, good, good. So, what do you accredit that to? What would you say are some of the, the largest factors that cause it to be so atheist? Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a big question. Well, I don't know. Maybe it would be the communist era might might have played some role in it. Um, it's hard to say, really. Well, I'm speaking just for myself. It's just some kind of. I went through some personal development, and there was a time when I just knew. It, but I can't speak for other people. There must be some uh, um, analysis. Yeah, yeah, which, I'm sure which, will, which will tell you more probably. <laughs> yeah, I've wondered. I've often wondered how much the communist era had to must, do with that. And some, I know if I taken some toll. Yeah, if my history were here, I'm assuming I would be somewhat uh, skeptical of many things. When for so many years there was this doctrine, then there's another doctrine, and and then that doctrine is thought to be false, and a new one comes in, and and so I think that would definitely affect my. Like the Czech, the Czech Republic or the Czech ones, they have gone through through a lot, you know, yeah. like in, in history, like the Germans, yeah. you know, yes, the Holy Empire before and now the twentieth century. Yeah. So I don't know, the people like lost belief, or yeah. lost faith. And it, it's interesting because I came from my family it was not atheist, um, but definitely not. Uh, Christian, you know, I mean, many as many people in the United States that even call themselves Christian are more um, believe, you know, okay, yeah, we love God, we like God, God's yeah. good, and yeah, but they we love our country. They don't really practice. No, no, no. Yeah. So, so that was really my background mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Fair enough. But you know what? Uh, you have come to atheist country, and uh, I'm an atheist, so you're interviewed by an atheist host sure, of sure. the podcast. But we can still do it. Yeah. yeah, nobody cares because I think like there are good and bad people everywhere, yeah. and it's not just you, know, yeah. you don't have to stick around with your kind right, in right. life, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Maybe my listeners actually may compensate for this hmm. because uh, I get listeners from all around the world, and they are they practice different religion. Sure. You, you get I get some Muslims, I get Christians, definitely. I get some or- Orthodox from from Russia, yeah. Orthodox listeners, and we all get along, you know. Yes. So this is an open-minded podcast. Yeah. We are not bigots here. Right. right. <laughs> and I've learned. Oh boy, have I learned? I mean, many times I'm embarrassed by my people within my religion and you know the in the name of Christianity who do just as I'm sure 
atheists are at times and Muslims are at times and you know we all have folks and I've I've met enough people um, um, you know certainly of other faiths or of, of no faith hmm. that uh, that are wonderful good people that I, I know that I mean obviously so I know that I don't necessarily attribute um, how one interacts with people by the title they use now I I obviously I happen to believe very much in a, a literal Jesus and the way that he lived in the Bible I, I wish more of those who call themselves Christians would adopt that because I think then they there would be more of a positive impact of of those who who happen to call themselves Christians um, but like with everything there are those who are in name and those who um, you know who taint, are, taint the name yeah and, and those who are full-hearted and hmm. followers so sure sure yeah. I think it's about your personal values you know and like your attitudes the way you live your life and yeah. your conscience and You don't. You don't have to. You know, you do, it doesn't have to be about your religion. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I, yeah. and I, I, I know city or anything. Right, and, and that's why often I don't tell people what they must or what the. I, all I do is share my story because sure. I know for me, I really do feel like Zednik, that if if uh, if it wasn't for finding Christ in my life, mm. I, I don't know that I would be alive. Not mm. to be too dramatic, mm. but. Um, you know, it was a very, very difficult time mm. in my family when I was a teen, and, uh, and there was a, a lot of abuse on my mom and, and some things, and I got to a point where, you know, I was really, uh, on a regular basis, considering that it would just be better to end my life and, mm. and those things, and, and uh, I actually in, in started playing American football in high school, and uh, a friend kept inviting me to church and I and I thought at that time that church was for anybody that you know I, I believed that there was a God and I thought church was for those who hadn't figured that out yet <laughs> and they just went to figure and so I was like no 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 and when I finally decided to go just to get them off my back hmm. and maybe meet girls that was really my um, <laughs> but as soon as I got there I, I really discovered there was something uh, new and something that I needed and um, and ultimately uh, decided to invite Christ into my life and For me, it it literally at that moment changed everything mm. about how I saw myself and the self-value that I had. And uh, I've seen countless times since then God show himself to me in a real way through my family, mm. through miraculous works to the point where I can't help. And that's obviously why that's what I do for my life now yeah and, uh, so it's your job so what yeah. is it what is it like um, so you you do get to meet a lot of people yeah. of course uh, it's yeah work with people right yeah and there's the good and the bad I uh, I, I spend a lot of time uh, meeting with folks that are going to make bad decisions and I know it <laughs> but they go through the process mm. and it's very heartbreaking at times but I get the joy, and I very much love what I do. Of, you get a lot of job satisfaction, oh, as we so say. Oh, so much. So many people who are celebrating and seeing life change and mm. families made whole and marriages restored through letting Christ mm. be a part of mm. more things. And and uh, that I love. I absolutely love. I, I, I love it. So, so you do, do have, like, regular sermons, right? Yes, I yeah. preach. Uh, we call it, you know, I preach sermons um, mm. most every Sunday. We have a mm. staff, and I have some of our staff preach as well, but I preach predominantly. And now I imagine, like the priest in the Czech Republic, he uh -huh. would he would work in a church. So you so, do yeah. you do you work I, in a church I, I like do. that? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I work in a church. I don't live there. <laughs> and what what does it look like? Does it look like our church? Or? No, not really. Our, ours is much less um, 
it looks much less like a church because that mm. kind of fits who we are. So we're more, we purchased a, a storefront building. We purchased a building that was really designed to be office buildings. Okay. And, um, but did you somehow oh, we do it up? Or? Oh yeah. And yeah. inside it looks like any of your churches, but okay. on the outside, but it looks on the outside more, it looks like, yeah. And so there's folks who wouldn't normally go into a church that are a little more comfortable coming okay. into ours, but yes, inside probably it's very similar uh, to what you would expect. And, we have singing and worship, mm. and we have, but we every every week, every mm. Sunday, we have preaching, and we preach the word. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Um, so what now? Okay, let's. Um, what, what? How do we say that? Let's switch the switch the subject. Okay. So you've come to the Czech Republic. So what? Yeah. Like what's? What caught your eye here? Yeah. Or well, again, did you did you speak to some people apart from me? Did you speak to some Czech people here? Uh, yeah. Well, I've I've. Certainly, with many of the students that we've had a chance to just uh, to just talk with and and get to know, um, and so I know that's a very small glimpse, but we've gotten a chance to do that. Um, the friend Tomas happens to have a, a thing called Youth Hangout that he does, uh, and many students have been coming to that, and so being in a chance to just sit down and enjoy and chat with them a bit and uh, get to know them. So mostly has been more of the teens and youth, um, a few adults but uh, mostly teens mm -hmm. and um, uh, have enjoyed those interactions a lot. And, uh, so did you learn anything from them like about our culture, about the, the way the way the Czech people behave? Or yeah. the way well, uh, um, you know, I, I picked up that there are, there are amazing similarities between Czech high school students and really? American high school students. Yeah. Could, could you be more specific? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You know, that there is a great joy and Getting with friends, and you know, when you ask, what do you do? Many of that, well, I love going to movies, I love listening to music, I love hanging out with my friends. And that's the exact answer you would get in California. I was hoping for, I love listening to the next English podcast, <laughs> yeah. something of that sort, but yeah. uh, okay, maybe in future. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, so, so those kind of things which uh, you, you hear, and that's what you expect. Um, of course, the the... The, the languages, you know, the many students who have learned are learning and speak English well, but also other languages, that's impressive. And, you know, I've been reminded of the joke that, you know, what do you call someone who speaks three languages? Trilingual. What do you call someone who speaks two languages? Bilingual. What do you call someone who only speaks one? American. Ah. <laughs> so I've been reminded of that really? a couple times by Abbas. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we don't tend to um, uh, be as bilingual. Obviously, so that's it. But then, more than that, and um, you, you can edit out if it's not something that <laughs> would be appropriate. You mean to share, the joke? No, it was no. quite. It was quite funny. No, no, but no, no. It's, yeah. it's fun that even British say the same joke. Oh, yeah. Tell the same, absolutely the same about themselves. Okay. Tell the same joke. I think the reason might be obvious because yeah. English is a global language. Yes. And yes. if you speak English nowadays, like you don't really need to speak another right. language because you can communicate with anyone. Right, you know, anyone you meet, right? Because everybody is just learning English. Yeah, but I, I, I in this thinking, in this way, you are it. It can it can be understood as a blessing, but as well as a curse. You know, it's it's like, what right. is it better or not? You know, that's a yeah. question. That's a question. Well, I think certainly it's wonderful and it gives us great access. But as far as the understanding of culture and other cultures and the good balance of. Hmm. Keeping perspective that we're not the only ones that exist. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's not the best. One of the things I found interesting is 
on some of the dissimilarities, some of the things that are different. As some students have shared, like one had asked me when I, you know, I told him I was working hard to try and learn some Czech, and he'd asked, well, why would you care to want to learn Czech? Um, that makes no sense because it, it and I, I just really, I kind of broke my heart that, um, that there would be that sense. And I get what he was saying. He was saying that outside of Czech, it's not necessary, mm. but there was a... It's like we, we tend to underestimate ourselves a yes. bit, you know, like to put ourselves down. It's like Czech attitude. Uh, in comparison with, with um, Americans, it's a, it's a huge difference, really, yeah. in the way we, we believe in ourselves and, you know, not yeah. so much as you do, guys. How, how do you do it? What's your secret? <laughs> What's your recipe for being self-confident rather than uh, self-conscious like we are? <laughs> well, yes, I, I think... Uh, there's a fine balance between being self-confident and overconfident and, and lacking in humility. But, you, you know, that that's just something that's always been ingrained. We do believe that we're blessed and, and that we do believe that the United States and it's certainly its brand of democracy and its freedoms and its right that anybody can, mm -hmm. anybody can achieve anything if they really put their mind to it. In some settings, that's more difficult than others, but but it still seems to be very true. And so there's a great sense of that. That and when we look at different people that have rose up from nothing to become mm. presidents and and great. I will give you one example. You know, here, um, like in okay, in America, when you achieve something, when you when you uh, become someone from from zero to hero, mm. this kind of success story. You are appreciated. You are somebody look, who is looked up to. Oh yes, right. Whereas here is the opposite. You are front open. <laughs> you are looked down on because people might think that you are corrupt. You know that you have achieved this by some unfair means or you know just by backdoor. Oh. So that's the difference. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. Yeah. Maybe it's not always the case. Right. But. That's what I remember from university. That's what my literature teacher told me when we were studying about American cultural studies. She told me exactly this. Yeah. yeah, but in America, this is like this is something when you yeah when to you, be cheered. Yeah, it's when you true. when you really achieve something, yeah. it's like people look up to you. If you if you have a um, um, nice house, if you have a, an expensive car, your neighbors don't envy you like they would here. Mm. Yeah? Here they would envy you and they would stop talking to you and they would think like you're posh or something. Yeah. But in America, you're appreciated, you're looked up to. Yeah. You know? is, May, it, is it true? I, I would say that's true, but be with your neighbor, but we divide up communities pretty, pretty strongly and, and it probably happens more by community and that there are some communities that that have been left behind and mm. are very, very, um, uh, spite, you know, you know, they, they, they really have a issue with seeing those that have rose up and seeing that maybe mm. it's part mm. of the reason they haven't. Mm. And probably some of that's fair. Some of it's not, but that's the, that's certainly, I think there's some reality in that a lot. Mm. Um, one of the things that I wish our culture would adopt, and it's interesting because it seems like the opposite where there is this sense of lack of pride at times in what it means to be Czech, yet your teens hold themselves and dress much in a much more uh, 
I don't know, I don't know if the right word is dignified uh, or a fashionable now, way. Now listen to me. Uh, <laughs> is is this? Are you saying this because you had experience of meeting uh, the hotel school students, or did did you? Well, no, I don't mean with those wearing suits. I don't mean yeah, because, because they're wearing all the hotels. Because it's no, no. dress. We have dress code to right. which everybody has to adhere right. and abide by this. And if you don't, uh, you just can't do yeah. this. So I don't know whether you're no I, because you're... I've been in I've been in church okay with with uh, with kids here all right um, students and adults I've been in other settings and I would say this your casual okay. is much nicer than our casual okay. our casual is a pair of sweats and a t-shirt <laughs> and uh, I haven't I'm seen not a lot sure of if I'm the right person <laughs> to be to be like representative right? of this so I I'm not so much myself into fashion but it's yeah. really surprising to hear that <laughs> yeah well we we've my wife and i have been talking about that since we got here like really noticing that and seeing like it would be unusual to see many of the students that we know mm -hmm. the teens mm -hmm. dressed in the way we've seen mm -hmm. um just yeah so i just thought that was interesting it, and it's not anything crazy it just but, seems to be like a i'm going out and mm -hmm. i'm going to dress up a little more than than we're used to. Yeah, and you know what? Again, it's interesting because I, I have uh, taught a lot of Russian students. Yes. I happen to be teaching at the castle here in Podjebrady where uh, uh, foreign students uh, study Czech. And I teach them English sometimes as well. And I got to meet a lot of Russians and they say that we dress terribly. Really? Yes, especially the Russian girls, they just say it's true. It's true. Compared to, to them, we for us it's not such such a high such a high value or hmm. something as as important as for them right so to russians yeah we are still well that may be true but it's Noops. definitely to americans <laughs> not not true <laughs> it is like a scale maybe 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 yeah. yeah and i that could be a whole interesting sociology yeah study <laughs> study uh, yeah. study case all right case study mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So there, there's another thing I've noticed. If you want, yeah, uh, sure, sure, um, anything. Just um, so in America, I I feel like we are very friendly on the outside, like very, like it's just in our culture, like oh, hey, we we are we're welcoming. Yeah. At at the front. Uh huh. But then you will hit a wall that is very hard. So mm -hmm. and even the, what typifies that was what we would call our southern culture. Mm -hmm. You know, there's southern hospitality where. Oh, it doesn't matter. You are welcome. You're, but if you really try to get to know someone, you will hit a wall. It's mm -hmm. very hard. Mm -hmm. So we're comfortable with lots of friends mm -hmm. and being friendly, but don't you dare invade to, my to, space. To don't, step to yes, to step in. I have close. a very closed circle mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. me. Bubble to burst. Yes. <laughs> What I've noticed in my very short time here, so I could be completely wrong, is that the wall seems to be a little more up at the front, like mm -hmm. it's right on the surface. Mm -hmm which I kind of appreciate because it seems a little more honest mm -hmm. <laughs> and that it is right there and I don't have a reason to necessarily be overly friendly but mm -hmm. once uh, maybe friendly is not the word just polite for sure but not uh, but it seems like there's the opportunity sooner to get real mm -hmm. and get below mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know like I said I've been it's hard to say time. really it's, yeah. I think it's individual for different people but there might be some common Features of this, like yeah. if you look at it from general point of view, uh -huh. it might be it might be true. Like uh, the stereotype is that, for example, people from Latin America are very friendly yes. and warm, and mm -hmm. they become friends quickly. And it's true. Like, yes. It's like yeah. And for example, British, they are very reserved, yeah. and um, you know it's kind kind of hard to get to them. But my experience is that when once you kind of reach that gap, 
if I may say so, then it can be really rewarding. Mm. You know? But it takes a lot of time with British. With Americans, it seems to be like easier. Like yeah. they, they are. The first impression is that they want to get to know you quickly and yeah. be friendly with you. Right. But I don't know. Maybe it's individual. Yeah. As well. You know. Yeah, I think it could be. But but I I, I wonder. Yes, I think <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. Now, I remember from from the lessons that you took part in with my students that you said that you don't you don't like chicken. <laughs> Why? <laughs> So, I had I had to yeah. bring this up. Sorry, okay. it was just so funny when no. you told me. <laughs> okay, so so my there, there's a big poultry company, big chicken company uh, in the United States called Foster Farms, and at least on the West Coast, it's pretty big. My dad was a, a vice president for Foster Farms. He started when I was very very young as a truck driver and worked his way up. So he's one of those stories. Really worked his way up. But for many years, we had we had no money. We had nothing. But we always had chicken, okay? So he brought chicken home all the time. And so we had chicken every day. Hmm. And I feel like for, for 15 years of my life, I chicken, chicken, chicken. And, and my mom can cook chicken every way humanly possible, fried and baked and diced and you name it. And so, so I've had so much chicken in my life that I could never eat chicken again and I'd be, I'd be okay. Now, I still have it on occasion, and I still like my fried chicken now and again, but I really... It brings back some oh, bad memories. Yes, yeah, so I'm not a big... <laughs> chicken <laughs> I, fan. I, I tend, to, tend to go the other, other direction, yeah. <laughs> I'll go beef every time. And any meat, any yeah, meat right. but chicken. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know why, why, <laughs> why you had to talk about this. Like, did, did one of the students ask you? Like, well, it was interesting, because we we, it had just how, come how up. How did this happen? We were... As a part of just trying to pra- uh, giving them an opportunity to practice English, um, and sometimes boy, that was very difficult to try and draw yeah. out conversation. Yeah. And so one of the things that I would tend to ask is, um, "Do you cook?" Hmm. And or if so, what foods do you enjoy? Okay. And one yeah. student had said, "Chicken." chicken. I <laughs> love chicken, and it just made me laugh. And he asked me why. Uh, okay. well, why was that yeah, so funny? Yeah, and yeah. so I had to tell him. <laughs> yeah. All right. So okay. So you know what. Um, Maybe, what about, why, why don't we talk about some stereotypes? Sure. About Americans, uh, maybe even about Czechs. So sure. what, what, do you want, what do you think are the st- common stereotypes about Americans that uh, people outside America yeah. think about you? Yeah, well, maybe we've hit on some of them already, but I would say certainly that, yeah. um, that we, are, we tend to be arrogant and proud. Um, that well, pr- you know what? Proud is good. Yeah, it's Arrogant is not so okay. much. You know? It's like yeah. the words. Yeah. Yeah, it may be interchanged, but I, I... It's. I think it's good to be proud. Yeah. You know? if, you, if you achieve something, it's good to be proud. But yeah. arrogant, it's not good. Yeah. yeah. That's I, when you think the others are below you and right. you're not as good as you. Yeah. Well, when so, I think of when when I use that term proud and what one of the stereotypes is, it'd be kind of the puffing the chest out, maybe mm-hmm. more arrogant. So, mm-hmm. so the arrogance, I think, and, and that's not true. I think that's whether that's certain settings or Hollywood, but I think that uh, most people are not that way. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. um, so, so I believe that. I believe that uh, uh, as far as maybe s- some other stereotypes, and, and to be honest, I may be fairly ignorant of what the stereotypes are of... of, of um, well, obviously scenario. there are some good ones and bad ones, yeah. right? So yeah. I don't know which ones you want to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know that... Uh, like the good ones are that your country of freedom yeah. is really great. Like everybody has a chance to 
to live an American dream. Yeah. And it's great and it's like something that kind of gives great example. Yeah. And and what is so interesting is that the most proud Americans that I know are not first generation Americans. Mm-hmm. The good proud. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I work um, every year I work the elections. So I, I man a polling place and mm-hmm. we have a team that works and just and I can't tell you how much I love when someone from a maybe a Muslim country or a, a, someone who just doesn't experience great freedoms comes in and gets the vote as an American citizen for the yep. first time and their families coming in and taking pictures and it is just a great moment and it mm. really reminds me that's that's how your that's on what your country is has Abs- been has been built on yes right? yeah but many of us forget it mm. and mm. we find a lot to whine about and complain and we complain a lot about this and that mm. and that's mm. part of it because we expect a lot and that's part of the greatness of being american but at yeah, times but obviously everyone is protective you know yes like, yeah And of course, that's one of the great things too is we have the freedom to whine all that we want. We can complain and and moan and and all that. But when someone comes from another culture that is now an American citizen and they vote or they do something along these lines, it is just a ble- you know, it's just a great reminder uh, mm-hmm. of the freedoms that of your roots. Uh, yeah, for sure. So yeah, so that um, I, I'm sure when I leave here, I'll think of ten other uh, stereotypes that I would have liked to have. Well, how, how about uh, eating a lot and Oh, how about your? You know what? That fitness, is, you know, fitness uh, level. Yes, yes. So, so <laughs> that's that's a very common stereotype yeah, here in Europe. Sure. In yeah. Europe, yeah. And we I think eat a lot of hamburgers. Yeah. I think two stereotypes of Americans are one is that we eat too much, and the other is that we're way too fitness prone. And oh, okay, and they're both true. What do you mean fitness prone? Well, you get some that are just fitness junkies that's all they do is work out and yeah okay and you, know, you mean like vegetarian that, yeah. and meat bad I see, I see, and I see. you know you get that yeah, from Hollywood yeah, you yeah, see yeah, it yeah, yeah, and sure. it's true sure. there's a lot of that but it is absolutely true and and one of the things i was told before coming here was that checks don't eat near as much like don't be surprised the checks don't eat one of the things we're doing we're putting on a thanksgiving dinner to yeah. For some mm-hmm. of the students who want to experience mm-hmm. in the in the youth uh, yes, club, yes, yeah, yeah, at the youth club, just to yeah. experience an what, American what Thanksgiving, like to, yeah, to. just as a cultural lesson. Mm-hmm. And we've been worried the whole time about, oh, we're not going to have enough food, we're not going to have enough food, and we keep getting reminded it's too much. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't eat as much as yeah. you. You're okay, yeah. and uh, for us, that meal more than anything else typifies the truth of that. Mm-hmm. And my family, and if you had a video of me, it shows it. Uh, I'm not a small guy, but. Um, <laughs> Um, that w- always that that's when meals happen. It is a failure if there is not way too much food. Mm-hmm. There is always way more food, and everyone, you know, my grandma started that. Everyone has to be stuffed, or she's not happy. <laughs> so, so that is incredibly mm-hmm. true. But um, is it also because you 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 eat a lot of fast food and the hamburgers? You know, yeah, that's like the the stereotype. That's what yeah. The people think, and and, because... and and that is another great stereotype mm-hmm. that really ties into that is that we are so busy, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. we go, we go, 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 and we really many times forget to enjoy. Very hardworking people in America because there is like a saying: "Idle yep. hands are devil's workshop." Yep, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Uh, so, which means uh, if you are lazy, if you right. don't work enough, it's bad. Right? And many times, because of that pride of Americans. That's what it is. Even when we're not being successful, 
we know the one thing we can do is work harder. Mm-hmm. So we can work 18 hours and mm-hmm. so 19, 20 hours, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, ridiculous hours. Just so just at least we have value, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, just, and because of that and running around, yes, fast food is, <laughs> is, is, is we drive in and we, yeah. and even for myself, even mm-hmm. in ministry, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I'm eating, going from one place to another in my truck while I'm driving, mm-hmm. um, uh, because there's just not enough time. And so I go other places where folks seem to be more willing to stop and take a stroll through the park and, and enjoy the day and soak in the sun. <laughs> so the stereotype I would have is that this culture, certainly here, seems to um, be able to slow down a little bit more and enjoy a little bit from what I've seen. Mm. Not as much as the teens. <laughs> not not the teens as much. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Do you, well, yeah. Well, But again, if you look at South Americans, for example, mm-hmm. or Spanish, or yes. people from the South, it's more laid back, let's say. Yeah. And yeah. these people know even more how to relax and... I'm not saying they're not hardworking, no. they certainly are, but they, right. they can enjoy themselves sometimes right. more than we do. And I would say right. that they value people probably yeah. more than Definitely projects. They, they do, we, they do. We like, tend to value yeah. projects more. And yeah. We have a very it's, good friend that lives in Mexico. Absolutely. Even. absolutely. Yeah, not even South America, but Mexico, it's mm. true. And when we visit her, um, I, time is not important anymore because yeah. she's yeah. late because she doesn't mm. care. Mm. She'll mm. visit until it's time to not visit yeah. anymore yeah. and then yeah. go do something else. It happens it happens to me too. It ha- has happened to me before. Like I had uh, some classes with some uh, South Americans and like timekeeping is not, <laughs> not an issue for them. Yes. For us it is here. Right, right. 